Girlfriends, episode number 274, Jesus's Five Love Languages. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about Jesus's five love languages. What do I mean by that? Let's get started so we can find out. Hey, girlfriend, glad you are here. Thank you for joining me for this newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I have missed you. You may not know it, but behind the scenes, sometimes I work ahead because especially when I'm anticipating travel or a busier time, I get several episodes done ahead of time. So then I don't feel like I'm in touch with you for a while. And it's been like that for a little while. This is a very busy time of year. I'm sure for you too, we've got graduations going on. Um, Dan and I made a little trip to Florida for my son Ambrose and his wife Paulina, who are graduating from Ave Maria with their master's degrees in theology super fun. And uh, then Dan and I were able to take a little trip just three days at the end of that visit to go down to Miami Beach. What a beautiful time. What a beautiful time for us to have together. What a beautiful place in the country. I love the ocean, love the beach. I had never been to Miami before, not for an extended time anyway. And it was absolutely a wonderful visit. I loved getting to explore the city a little bit. And we got very spoiled with our time together there. But now we're back to routine. We're back here at home. Baseball graduations. We've got two high schoolers graduating this year. There's so much going on. And I always feel this. This time of year, the end of school stuff can feel like a marathon for moms especially. We're navigating so many things. There's end of the school year stuff. There's sports going on. There's making plans for summer that's kicking in. There's a lot on your plate. So if you're feeling exhausted, if you're feeling like you can't keep up, if you're feeling overwhelmed, know that that's normal. It's okay. And get the rest that you need. Cross things off your list for now. Get through this time. Recognize that this is an unusually busy time, an unusually stressful time. Also emotional. It can take a toll on you. All of these end of year things, award ceremonies, milestones for your kids, as wonderful as it all is, it's also exhausting emotionally that we're going through all of these things and experiencing them with our kids. And it's a a wonderful time to enjoy and celebrate these milestones. But you know, recognize that it's it's also hard in some ways. It's it's also tiring in some ways. So do that kind of self-assessment. If you're feeling exhausted and depleted, look for things that maybe you can cross off your list right now. I for sure have been doing that. And a lot of times it ends up being family dinner that gets crossed off my list, doing easier things for dinner. And that's okay for a season. It might not be dinner for you. It might be something else that you regularly do that you just aren't going to be able to right now. And um, that's all right. This is a time of year that's especially busy and especially stressful. And you can feel that in, in terms of your health, for sure. Okay, so you probably hear my voice is a little ragged. We have been through a thing here, and it's not COVID. (laughs) We got this virus, and for a while there, I was like, okay, it's COVID. No, it's not COVID. Oh, okay, it's COVID. It's not COVID. Um, Enough of us got tested and we're negative, and I've been vaccinated anyway. But like a week and a half later, feeling it, and you're hearing it in my voice. (laughs) I've heard stories of a number of people who've gotten sick this time of year and wondered about COVID, and it doesn't end up being COVID, and it's a nasty virus. I honestly believe that our 
immune systems are weakened. And maybe this is just a normal virus, but our bodies aren't quite able to handle it in the way they would have previously. I don't know the science behind it. But anyway, that's why you're hearing some raggedness in my voice. But if you're going through illness, if you're going through, you know, especially busy schedules, give yourself some space, give yourself grace, give yourself permission to do a little bit less, cross some things off your list, take care of yourself in some basic ways to get through this especially busy time of year for many of us. Before we dive in with this week's content, I just want to quickly remind you that my newest book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, is available at Ascension Press. People are starting to get their copies, which is super exciting to me. I don't want you to miss out. When this episode airs, you're only going to have three days left to do the pre-order over to ascensionpress.com and get your access to that free companion journal. So if you don't know about this book yet, you can click on the show notes and get more information. But just very quickly, I want to share with you that this book is written for anybody who wants a more real relationship with an all-loving, ever-present God. If you want to be more aware, have your eyes open to some of the ways that God is whispering to you, that he's looking to connect with you. This book is a very practical help. I hope an encouraging and inspiring help along the path toward doing exactly that. All right, this week's topic. This came to me in a conversation with somebody. We were talking about the five love languages. This was during the time when we were in Florida. And I was sitting on the beach thinking about the five love languages and what a gift that concept is. For those of you who aren't familiar, and I think probably every single one of you is familiar, um, this concept comes from Dr. Gary Chapman, who is a Protestant writer. And he shares this concept of five different ways that human beings love each other and the ways that we experience love. And his theory is that we ha- we all have a main love language, a way that we feel loved most and that we hope that others will love us and express their love for us. And that by thinking about and talking about and exploring these love languages, we can be- have better relationships with the people that we do love. We can help them to feel that we love them, help them to know that we love them. Um, and then, you know, in communi- in knowing your own love language, you can communicate to others the ways in which they can help you to feel loved. It's really a wonderful concept. Anyway, I was reflecting on it a little bit, and I was thought to myself, well, Jesus has love languages too. And uh, it was so funny because I was on the beach and I thought, I need to do a podcast. I need to talk to the girlfriends about this. And so I just wrote a little note to myself. (laughs) Do you ever text yourself? I do this. I email myself and I text myself. I'm probably the number one (laughs) contact for myself in both of those. Anyway, I texted myself, Jesus's five love languages, because I didn't want to forget. And I didn't because I got my note um, that I want to talk about this with you, this idea that Jesus has love languages. So in this concept of love languages, we're talking about how human beings experience and express love for one another. And Jesus is a human being. I know this is a big revelation, right? No, we all know this, right? Jesus is fully God and fully man. But do we really know it? This is my challenge to you. Do you really know it? Do you think about Jesus as a human being? Do you seek to connect with Jesus as a human being? Because he is, and he wants to connect with you in those human ways. But I think sometimes we fall into the habit of thinking about Jesus as sort of a two-dimensional character in a storybook from a long time ago who doesn't have real relevance to our lives today, who isn't a real person who wants to have a real human connection with you. And yet that's who he is. 
he's alive and he's real and he wants a human connection with you. He wants to connect with you through our shared humanity. I think sometimes we kind of make him a statue at the church or like an image on a holy card. We kind of do that in a sense, sometimes out of reverence, of course, because Jesus is God. And so we kind of put that separation between ourselves and him. And yet I love to reflect on the gospel stories where Jesus touched people to heal them, where, you know, after his resurrection, he encouraged Thomas to touch his wounds, put his hand into his side. He didn't shy away from that close physical human contact with us. And so he does want to connect with us in human ways. So let's spend a little time reflecting on the five love languages and the ways in which each of these love languages is Jesus's love language. So the the five love languages as outlined by Dr. Gary Chapman are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. So uh, there are so many, uh, maybe I can find a good link and share it in the show notes. There's so many quizzes where you can find out like what your main love language is. For me, it's words of affirmation. Um, And it can be helpful to just know because then you know how you expect other people to be loving you. Because, you know, part of this, this philosophy that Dr. Gary Chapman shares is we all have our own way of expressing love or our own way that we prefer to or we understand that we're loved. And so for me, it's words of affirmation. So that's how I'm going to tend to love people is I'm going to affirm them verbally. I'm going to tell them how much I love them, how proud I am of them, how good they are at things. I'm going to be just building them up verbally. And yet for other people, that might not be their love language. So, you know, for for Dan, for example, if that's not his primary love language and that's how I'm trying to encourage and support him, he, he's maybe not feeling love because maybe his love language is acts of service. It, side note, Dan has all of them, okay? He took the quiz and they all came out even, which is so ridiculous. It's not fair, right? I have to do all of them. He just has to focus on words of affirmation, but I have to focus on all of them. Anyway, so typical. Okay, anyway, so, but you, you, that's, how the, that's how it works, right? So knowing your love language helps you to communicate to people how you prefer to be loved, but then we tend to love other people in that way because that's what we think love feels like and looks like, and yet that might not be how they really experience love. So knowing what their love languages are can be really helpful. Your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, everybody learning how to love people. It's, it's a really beautiful concept. Um, so let's look at these. So the first one is words of affirmation. I already shared. This one is mine, definitely. I took the quiz. Strong words of affirmation. I already knew this about myself. Like, if Dan gives me a compliment, I am on cloud nine. It lasts for three days. It's really powerful for me. So I think that that's a really good thing to know about yourself is, you know, how you respond to these things. But then looking at it in terms of Jesus. So words of affirmation means just like praising people, appreciating people, thanking people, giving them kind words, speaking to them in an encouraging way, uplifting them, just, you know, sending them a cute, fun, loving text message. So all of these things are ways that we can love each other with words of affirmation here among our relationships here on earth. But with Jesus, how do we do that? So Jesus's love language, let's just assume he's like Dan and all <laughs> all five of them come out even. Let's let's try to love Jesus in all of these ways, these human ways that we experience love. So how would we do words of affirmation? Of course we'll do it in prayer. I think it's more important in prayer. So like words of affirmation means like praising somebody and thanking them, appreciating them. So how many times in your prayer life and I'm raising my hand already because I'm guilty of this, do you just just ask for stuff? 
Just bring all your needs to Jesus. Of course, we're meant to do that. He wants us to do that. But how many times do we just leave it there or only think to pray when something's going wrong and we want to ask for God's help? Yes, we should do that. But is that the only way that you pray? So think about ways that you can give Jesus words of affirmation. Not that he needs our affirmation. That isn't what I mean. But how can we love him and praise him? How can we thank him more? Go to your prayer time with a spirit of wanting to give thanks to him for every good thing you have, for the good things he's doing in your life, for the gift of a new day, for the gift of breath in your lungs and blood coursing through your veins, the fact that you're alive. How often do you think to give God praise for that? So, of course, we can do it in prayer, but also what about doing it in conversation? One of the most wonderful ways you can compliment somebody is compliment them in conversation to somebody else, and they either overhear it or it gets back to them, that you are praising them. Has that ever happened to you? That someone tells you, oh, so-and-so was telling me how fantastic you are at this or that, or what a great job you did with this, or how grateful they are to you for this. Doesn't that just, like, it's times 10, right? So let's do this too for Jesus. Let's do this in our conversations with other people. Let's praise him and thank him in our conversations with other people. Now, I know there are some of you who are going to say, I can't do that. I don't want to be the weirdo who's talking about Jesus all the time, the Jesus girl. Well, you know, do it in ways that make sense for you. But I want to encourage you to to step outside your comfort zone a little bit. In what ways could you mention God's name inside of a relationship with somebody who you don't usually talk about those things with? Maybe mention your prayer time. Maybe give thanks verbally to God when something good happens, just saying, oh, thanks be to God for that. It's as simple as that. That can ease your comfort level and make it more normal for you to be sharing like that on a regular basis. All of those will be in the words of affirmation category for the love languages for Jesus. Okay, so the second love language that I want us to talk about is quality time. So in human terms, in essentially just human terms. This means, you know, actually spending time together. If this is someone's primary love language, they feel loved when you make time for them, when you make eye contact with them, when you listen to them, when you make a plan to be with them in an undistracted way. Put your phone away. Actually listen to what they're saying. Be focused on them. And, you know, be intentional about spending time with them. So what does this look like in our relationship with Jesus? How can we give Jesus quality time? How can we love him in this particular love language? Well, spend time with him in prayer. Yes, we know this, right? But how many times do you let other things get in the way? Or how many times does a day go by and you didn't get around to your prayer because the perfect space and time for it didn't open up? How many times do you make plans for special things and they overlap with your regular prayer time and you just allow that to happen? That's the opposite of quality time with Jesus. So in what ways can you make a deliberate plan in your day? Make it the first thing and then build the other things around it. I, I always find it, you know, really kind of eye-opening for me to look at my schedule and say, so there are things that I put on my schedule that absolutely will not get moved. I recognize that they're important and I put them on my calendar. And if someone, you know, suggests meeting up at that time or some other commitment at that time, I'm like, oh, no, I can't. I'm not available then. Well, why don't we do that with our prayer time? At least, you know, on a regular basis, have a chunk of time in your day, however big or small you can manage, that we devote to prayer and make that a priority. 
And if someone suggests something that's going to conflict with it, say, oh, no, I have something then. I'm not available. Why don't we do that? (laughs) I'm talking to myself as much as you, okay? So, you know, look for a way that you can do that. Even if we're just talking about five minutes. I know you have five minutes. Don't tell me you don't have five minutes in your morning or that you couldn't get up five minutes earlier or that you don't have five minutes before you go to bed at night or that you don't have five minutes when the baby's napping, whatever. Find that time to spend that quality time with Jesus, to love him in that way, with that particular kind of love language. So spending that time with Jesus and then spending that time with Jesus in an undistracted way. You know, I mentioned that in human terms, quality time means having your phone put away, you know, um, having distractions set aside, not having the radio playing in the background, really being focused, making eye contact. In what ways can you make eye contact with Jesus during your prayer time? Even when you're at mass, Do you allow yourself to get distracted? We all get distracted. I'm not saying beat yourself up if your mind wanders during Mass, but do you give yourself a pass or do you call yourself back to focus on Jesus? Do you continually call yourself back? Do you fight that battle or do you get tired in that battle and just give in and let your mind wander? These are challenging questions, I know, but I want to challenge you for your own good because in the end, Jesus doesn't want quality time with you because he needs it. Jesus doesn't need us but we need it. It's for our own good that he loves us in this way. And he wants to love you in this way. And he wants you. He enjoys you spending this time with him. So look for ways that you can spend quality time with Jesus and truly make it a priority. Okay, the next love language that I want to talk about is physical touch. Now, in human terms, people often think this means just sex. This person's love language is sex, but that is not the case. A person whose primary love language is physical touch feels especially loved through physical affection, which might mean holding your hand or somebody putting their arm around you or just sitting side by side with your bodies close together or touching someone's arm or giving them a massage or cuddling on the couch when you're watching television. And I think every little kid, this is their their primary love language. They're just so naturally physically affectionate. I witnessed this among my kids that some of them kind of outgrew that and then others of them less so that, they, you know, they, they still have more of a preference for having physical affection. But let's talk about how this can apply to your relationship with Jesus. So Jesus is not physically present walking around the earth like he was in the time of you know, the New Testament. But he is physically present in the sacraments. And so let's focus on the sacraments. This is where Jesus wants to be physically present to you. Each of the sacraments has a bodily element to it. You need to be physically present. That's why you can't like call a priest and get confession over the phone. You need to be physically present for it. And let's talk about the gift of Jesus's physical presence in the Eucharist. How often do we pause and fully appreciate and give thanks for the gift of Jesus's physical presence in the Eucharist? Do we receive the Eucharist without really thinking about what a great gift it is? This is Jesus who wants such intimacy with us that he humbles himself. He becomes a little piece of bread. He becomes, to all outward appearances, wine in a cup. And think about the indignities that he suffers as a result of this. You know, the other weekend at Mass, uh, I watched a woman receive the Eucharist at communion time, and then she just walked back to her pew holding it. And I was alarmed 
and I didn't know what she was going to do with it. And I was trying to watch and, you know, also trying not to be distracted. But at the same time, what's going on? And, you know, it occurred to me afterwards that this happens all the time. And worse than that happens. I mean, who knows? That lady maybe went back to the pew and consumed the host in her pew for whatever reason. Maybe she misunderstood what the Eucharist was. And I, I don't know. But all of these things, because Jesus has made himself available to us in the Eucharist, all of these indignities, and I know that Jesus saw it before he ever instituted the gift of the Eucharist, the sacrament of the Eucharist, and he did it anyway because he loves us that much that he wants to continue being physically present to us in such a deeply personal way. Think about that. We consume him. We put him into our bodies. God, who created the universe, wants to be present inside of you. What a beautiful gift that is. What an odd thing it is. What a hard thing it is to wrap our brains around, right? And so one of the ways that we can honor that gift through this love language of physical touch is by receiving Jesus more often in the Eucharist. Is there another time in the week that you could go to Mass? Or could you get to adoration and give thanks for the gift of the Eucharist there? Or what about the gift of confession? Are there ways that you could make confession more of a regular part of your life? I will share with you, I go to confession on the first weekend of the month, every month. And so now instead of always just trying to figure out when did I last go and should I go this weekend or next weekend or like my goal was to go once a month. And yet I oftentimes wasn't or, you know, I was missing that mark because I didn't have a regular time. So whenever I decided I'm going to go on the first weekend of the month and yes, it doesn't always work out perfectly, but that is my aim. I've been really good about it. Can you do something like that? Make a commitment like that to go more regularly? Or if you haven't been in a very long time, could you get yourself there? this coming weekend? Could you give Jesus that gift of yourself physically present in the sacrament of confession, there to receive his physical presence in the form of the priest, knowing that he is there? Can you go and avail yourself of that grace? Go and do that. Give Jesus that gift of your physical presence, physical touch. So that's the third one. All right, the fourth one is acts of service. Now, in strictly human terms, acts of service, if someone's primary love language is acts of service, they feel loved and appreciated when people do nice things for them, whether it's doing chores for them, like washing their car or doing the dishes or taking out the trash or, you know, taking care of the kids, you know, while you get some downtime or putting gas in their car. These little things doesn't have to be a big deal. This is how they feel seen and loved. And so how can this translate to our relationship with Jesus? In what ways might Jesus feel loved by acts of service? So we all are familiar with the concept of offering up, but this is how it it can apply. Like offering up small things for him and doing those small things for Jesus alone. There's um, a section in my newest book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, where I share about this concept of keeping secrets with God. And I share this story of a time when I had a a minor injury to my hand and how I felt God calling me to keep that just between us, that, that injury, the pain from it, and to not complain about it. And let me tell you, it was challenging and it was eye-opening to me, but it really opened up my mind and my heart to the beauty of the gift that we can give God by keeping secrets with him. 
And what I mean by that is, you know, that gospel passage where Jesus tells us, you know, when you fast, do it in secret so that your heavenly father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do it in secret and don't let your your right hand know what the left hand is doing. All of this, he's inviting us to keep secrets with him. Not in a negative way. Secrets can have a negative connotation, but keeping secrets in a good way, like offering up small things to him, whether it's fasting from complaining about something like I felt a call to do, or it's really fasting, fasting from food for a certain length of time and just keeping that secret between you and God. That's This is your gift to Jesus. This is something you're giving to Jesus. Or some of these small acts of love and service that we do for others. Jesus said, as often as you do it for the least of these, you do it for me. Okay. Anytime you're doing any act of service, you're doing it for him. So offer it up to him. Give it to him. Make it a gift to him out of love. Just say, Jesus, I'm doing this out of love for you. Give him that gift. It's a beautiful way to express your love for God and to grow closer in your relationship with Jesus. There's a real intimacy there if you begin to look for ways that you can keep little secrets with God, keep little secrets just between you and Jesus, things you are going to offer up. Maybe it's going to be just keeping your mouth shut. How often do we need to do this? What a grace it is sometimes to just not say anything. What a gift it is to all of our relationships when sometimes we hold our tongue. Give that as a gift to Jesus. Say a little prayer in the moment. I'm not going to respond to that person who made that snarky comment, whether it's someone standing in your kitchen or someone in your workplace or someone online. Give it to Jesus. He sees it all. He knows it all. It's a great gift that you can give to him. Or these acts of service you do every day. I know you're doing acts of service every day. You don't have to go outside of your regular life to be able to do this. You're driving the kids. You're making meals. You're going grocery shopping. You're going to work. All of these things we're doing. Do these acts of service out of love for Jesus. Give them as a gift to Jesus. I like to think of it as increasing the value of what we do. If we can give it to God, it has infinite worth. If we're just getting the chores done, well, you know, that has limited worth and maybe your family's going to appreciate it. Most likely they're not even going to notice it, but it has infinite worth when we can give it to God. So look for ways that you can do acts of service in your everyday life, even the regular stuff that you're doing anyway, and make it a gift to God. Love him with that kind of love language, acts of service. All right. The last love language I want to talk about is receiving gifts. So for a person whose love language is receiving gifts, it's not really about the thing, right? You could think like, oh, well, this is a materialistic person. Their love languages, they want gifts all the time. But it's not really the thing. It doesn't have to be fancy or extravagant or expensive gifts. It's really about the thought that the person puts behind it. That's what's meaningful and, and valuable to them. The effort that they put into choosing a gift or thinking about what they might like or, you know, you go on a trip and you bring back a gift. They, they cherish the fact that you thought of them. And so that's a lovely way to think about our relationship with God. Small things that you can give to God. Small ways, and this relates to the, the acts of service, that you can give a gift to God. But ultimately, the gift that Jesus wants is you, yourself. Could you start every day by making an act of consecration to God, giving yourself to God, making an act of your will that I give you my day, I give you my life. I give you my work. 
You know, when Kimberly Hahn was on Girlfriend, something she said really struck me. She talked about every day praying and choosing her life, choosing her husband, choosing her children, choosing her grandchildren, choosing her work out of love for God. And I thought that's a beautiful way to enter into every day, choosing it out of love for God, not just entering into your life like, okay, Lord, I accept it. I accept all the things that are going to happen to me today. Some days that's all you can muster, right? But what a gift if you can get up every morning and give yourself wholly to God, give your life to God, give yourself over to his holy will, whatever it might be, and actively choose the things in your life that you know he wills for you, starting with your marriage, with your family, with your work, with what whatever's on your calendar today. You know, sometimes we think God's will is fancier than it is. We, we struggle and we think, how can I know God's will? I'm struggling to know God's will when it's really just standing right before you. It's doing the next right thing. It's the next right thing that he's calling you to. And that's abundantly clear. If you look around you, what are the things he's asking you to do? What are the, what are the, what duties lie before you? What responsibilities do you have? Who are the people he's placing in your life for you to love right now? Give yourself over to that as a gift to God. Give yourself your life, your will over as a gift to God. Give him that gift every day. Choose it. Give it wholly and give it willingly. All right, so those are the five love languages and my interpretation of how Jesus wants us to love him in each of those ways. So words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. But you might have some ideas for ways in which you love Jesus in each of these love languages. How do you find God calling you to connect with him through these five love languages. I would love to hear from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media, especially Instagram. I have been loving connecting with you all on Instagram, especially about my new book, Whisper. I've been doing some lives over there, really enjoying our conversations. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram. Would love to hear from you there as well. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but then I'll be back. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. Did you know that every single item in a Catholic church points us towards heaven? Make every visit to a Catholic church a powerful reminder of God's presence with a new book from Ascension, The Sacred That Surrounds Us by Andrea Zachman. The Sacred That Surrounds Us awakens Catholics to the mystery of the seemingly ordinary items we see every week at Mass. It explains with clarity the symbolic realities and historical facts of each one. To order The Sacred That Surrounds Us, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. Welcome back. All right. You know what I realized? And I just want, this is all I want to share before we wrap up today's show, because I'm going to save our listener feedback for next episode. But I realized I didn't share with you all the playlist that I put together for Whisper. So when I did a Facebook Live over at Ascension's page at the start of May, I got to share with the folks there that I put together a Spotify playlist. I love doing this. Do you do this? I love putting together playlists on Spotify. And I put together one that is based on the themes in my new book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. So the book is all about ways that we can slow down and be still and know that he is God. Inside of the book, I invite you in different ways to reflect on how God is whispering to you, how God is speaking to you 
even inside of the mundane moments of your everyday, inside of your work, inside of your relationships, inside of the people that God places in your life for you to love, inside of opportunities to suffer and to sacrifice, and inside of moments of great joy and contentment and satisfaction and fulfillment. He's there with us present in every moment of every day. So inside of the book, I'm looking for ways to encourage you and inspire you to reflect on the ways that God is truly present inside of our everyday lives. And this playlist that I put together on Spotify is a collection of songs that I think are reflective of those themes. And I really enjoy just listening to it in the car while I'm you know, doing laundry or going for a walk. It just helps me to kind of be prayerful and reflective along the lines of those themes. And I'd love for you to enjoy it too. So the way you get the playlist is you text the word WHISPER to 33777. If you text the word WHISPER to 33777, you will get the link to that Spotify playlist. There's no charge or anything. It's just totally fun and free. I'd love to be able to connect with you through that music. And then once you get it and you listen to it, I would love your feedback. I'd love to know from you what songs speak to you about God's whispers in your life. And that's all we have time for today because I don't think my voice has much more left in it. I've given you my all, folks. (laughs) I hope you appreciate. This is all I've got for today for voice. But I want to thank you for being here. I'm so grateful for all the ways you connect with me through Girlfriends. But more than anything, I am grateful for you showing up. I'm grateful for you being here and being an important and valued part of the Girlfriends community. Thank you so much for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 